Welcome to the second episode of It Wasn't Me, a true crime podcast, where you get to hear us tell you about murders that intrigue us. I am Cindy. And I'm Mercedes. Thank you for listening last week to our episode from St. Charles, Missouri, where we discussed the shocking murder of 13-year-old Tiffany Saborin. Our podcast is not recommended for children. We will detail graphic scenes and graphic violence and will use offensive language. So if you have kids, put them away for a while and join us for a murder. For more information and links to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, please visit our website at itwasn'tmetruecrime.com. Subscribe to our progress podcast excuse me, on your favorite platform, and please give us a five-star rating. While you are there, leave us a comment telling us which murder intrigues you. All right, so this week's episode takes place in Panama City Beach, Florida, the spring break capital, at a showy little joint, the show and tail, when, where a quadruple homicide dominates the news as the most sensational, sensational murder case in Bay County, Florida in nearly two decades. Yes, ma'am. All right, so I want to give you a little background on Javier Ramos, a Florida native um, who moved to Panama City area after he left the Air Force in, 19, or in the early 1990s. Once upon arriving to Panama City, Florida, he befriended Alan Johnson, the odor, owner of two exotic dance clubs, the Show and Tail and the Toy Box, both in Bay County, Florida. So when Ramos arrived um, here in Florida and started to work at Show and Tail as a doorman, Um, He quickly moved up and was promoted to the manager of the toy box. While there was a general manager who oversaw daily operations of both exotic clubs, his name was Chris McConnell. And apparently in the fall of 1994, Ramos decided to leave work to leave Panama City because he found another job in Miami. He was living at that time with um, a guy named Joe Clark, who was also a doorman at the Toy Box, and two other dancers as well. Ramos planned to take some of the club's dancers to Miami because I actually have heard that that's kind of what they do with some of these clubs. They, these girls kind of travel back and forth sometimes because maybe an off-season here is more um, lucrative in a different city and they okay. can fly back and forth. Could that have maybe caused a little bit of uh, animosity between the general manager and Ramos? Like, you know, you're taking my girls. Maybe, because this was October, and seeing that Panama City is the spring break capital, or was at that time, I, I really... Not sure now, but at that time, October might not have been a lucrative time of the year. Right. So I could see where someone might say, well, I'm going to travel out of town during these months. But those might have been the good girls. The good girls or the good dancers? Well, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know about all that. I don't know how good, but anyway. So he decided... <laughs> <laughs> So he decided to leave Panama City. He's okay. going to Miami. Okay. His uh, he had a girlfriend who was pregnant at the time, and they okay. were moving to Miami. Now I did show, uh, see some court documents where Ramos was married, but was separated from his wife. Okay. All right. So, so now he went down there. He was going to manage another club in Miami. Yes. Okay. Yes, and I guess he was the the go between between for some dancers to go from. Panama City to Miami. Okay. All right. So anyway, Ramos managed a club in Miami for a short time. And 
on October 2nd of 1994, he returned to Panama City. Shortly before he left, he told one of the dancers um, that he had some people he needed to take care of. Well, that dancer... So he told a dancer in Miami, oh, I have Mm -hmm. to go take care of some business in Panama City. I got some people I need to take care of. Okay. And so she asked what he really meant. Did you really mean to kill somebody? And Ramos said, well, I'll do what I have to do. Okay. Yeah. So So there's some beef somewhere. There's some beef somewhere. So Ramos at that time drove back to Panama City. Pardon me? I'm sorry. Where's the beef? Wasn't that a... Where's the beef? Yeah, where's the beef? (laughs) Okay, sorry. All right, so... No worries, no worries. So Ramos drove back to Panama City and um, arriving at his prior residence, which is where Clark lived with the other two employees of the strip joints. So he stayed there. um, He arrived there on the afternoon of Sunday, October 2nd. He woke up the next morning around 6 a.m. and he went to breakfast with his old roommates. And after breakfast, Ramos and... Joseph Clark dropped off their their former roommate at their home, and they drove around for a while. I guess they kind of had to work out some nerve on what was coming next. So, um, Mr. Ramos gave Clark a twenty two caliber pistol. The two of them intended on talking to the general manager, Chris McConnell, who we mentioned before, who was the general manager of both um, establishments. Clark said that McConnell had done him wrong. Don't really. There's not a lot of information about what he did. How he did him wrong. So that's interesting. So Clark was Ramos's former roommate, and Clark says to Ramos, "He did me wrong. McConnell did me wrong." So do you think maybe that's why Ramos came back up? Maybe, and maybe look. So he's coming back up. To, did you know, start? He's got his shit. friends back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Maybe. Maybe possibly. Okay. There's not a lot of information portraying to actually what that issue was. Okay. What you know. So. um Clark said that McConnell had done him wrong, and Ramos said that McConnell had been saying bad things about him. Okay. You weren't there anymore. You're, like, over 400 miles away. What bad things could you possibly be saying about him that, right. that purposed a trip back from Miami to start some shit? So, Ramos decided he just wanted to intimidate McConnell. So they drove over to the show and tail. Somebody puts a gun to my face. I'm going to be intimidated. Okay. Uh, right. Just okay. a little bit. So they drove over to the show and tail watching for McCollin to show up. So when they got there, they encountered the bartender, John LaForge. Okay. John was there doing like a Monday bar cleanup. Okay. All right. So the bar was closed at the time. The bar was closed. Okay. It was about 930 in the morning, I would say. Okay. On October, according to police records, it was about nine, anywhere between 930 and 10 a.m. Okay. So the duo, our crime duo, shows up. They encounter LaForge. And there's, there's certain, like, you need to call him. We need McConnell here right now. And they get into a little argument. So LaForge calls him and says, hey, man, Ramos is here. He wants to talk to you. You need to come up here, like, right now. Okay. Well, by the time they hang up the phone. Now, hold on a second, because it's LaForge, the only ones, LaForge and these two other guys, right? Ramos and Clark and LaForge are the well, only ones in the bar. No, there's another guy. Okay. So, LaForge's roommate drove him to work that day. Okay. Now, this kid, and I say kid because he was a senior in high school. Oh, shit. 
Aaron Ayers was his name. Okay. 18 years old, oh. senior in high school. And already moved out of his parents' house, uh-huh. living with a guy who's a bartender at a strip club. Yes. Okay. So here's the deal with Aaron. Aaron had some learning disabilities. Nothing wrong with that, but he really, really wanted to be independent. Okay. So to prove to his parents that he could live out on his own, he moved in with his buddy. Okay. And he was doing, he was doing well. He was going to night school. He was um, going to graduate early. And the reason why he wasn't at school on this particular Monday was because he had an appointment at the local vocational school to inquire about their plumbing program. Okay. So he had this appointment. So he said, I'll just go to work with you. I'll take you to work and I'll help you clean up. Okay. Wrong time, wrong place. Oh, that's so sad. It's very sad. Okay. All right. So LaForge ends up getting into it with these two guys, Clark and Ramos. Okay. And in the court documents, Clark says LaForge wants to take his boca on. According to Ramos, Clark said this. Okay. Now, did LaForge have a gun? No. Okay. No, not at all. Okay. But he, I guess Ramos found, felt challenged. So ultimately, he pulled out a gun. He shot him three times. Twice in the head. Oh, shit. Yes. Okay. So, Aaron Ayers is witness to this. And so, he's sitting at the other end of the bar. So, Ramos has no choice in his mind but to shoot Aaron as well. Okay. So, he ends up killing an 18-year-old kid and then the bartender who is um, who was there cleaning the bar that day. Correct. Okay. But they've and already called this other guy to, to come in. But the guy hasn't shown up yet. He hasn't gotten there yet. Okay. 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 So, in the meantime, he shoots Aaron three times as well. Holy shit. Twice in the head. God. Right? So, then he orders, Ramos orders Clark to move the bodies. Get them behind the bar. Disclose them. So, when someone comes in, they don't see two dead bodies out on the ground. Okay. So, this is what 21-year-old kid Clark moves the body behind the bar. Okay. So during this time, after he's moved the body, Clark is told to move the car. So he goes outside, moves the car around back to behind. So he leaves the bar to get the car. Right. Goes, I guess goes out the front door because the par- car is parked out front. Okay. Drives around the back because they're going to they're gonna set it up like it was a robbery. Okay. But during this time, while Clark is outside moving the car, someone else comes in the oh. building. Ooh, okay. And that's going to be McCullen, who is the GM of both establishments. McConnell. McConnell, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. According to court documents, McConnell is shot in the neck, in the nape of the neck, which is the back of the neck, right? Like execution style? Like, so he walked in and maybe walked in the door and boom, right in the neck. Didn't see it coming. Okay. Right. But... Court documents also say that he was shot six times. Oh, my God. Everyone who was killed today or that day was shot twice in the head. Holy shit. Okay. So, almost simultaneously? Yes, simultaneously. No, I'm not saying that right, am I? Okay. So, almost at the same time. Okay. Another employee who was the maintenance worker, who was the hired maintenance worker, Tony Lands comes in at the same time. The and, same time as the guy's getting shot. Right. McConnell gets shot. Okay. Lands comes in. Okay. Like, all of his employees are starting to show up. 
okay. right about this because time. it's payday, right? Yes. Okay. Lance showed up to get his paycheck. Okay. According to Ramos, he shot Lance. Now, Ramos admits to shooting Lance. Okay. He says he. But shot he says him. it wasn't me on the other killing. He says it. It wasn't me. Okay. Because he says that he shot Lance in self-defense, saying that he knew that Lance had a gun, always was carrying. And then he started to, I guess maybe he is saying that Lance came in, maybe he saw that something wasn't right, he went for his gun on his hip, Lance shot him. Okay. Okay. But he was shot four times. Oh my gosh. Twice in the head. So that's six for Chris McConnell, four for Tony Lance, and three for Ayers, three for LaForge. Okay. So that's 16 Gunshot. That's a little bit of overkill, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So then. So all, so four guys are dead. Two of them have been like dragged behind the bar. Yes. Okay. So at this point, Ramos says, we got to get out of here. We got to portray this as a robbery. Okay. So they take some, what jewelry they have on these, on these guys. They take them. Uh, Chris McConnell's pockets are turned out. Okay. So it looks like they took whatever off of them. So they, I'm imagining like, you know, gold necklaces or maybe a ring. I know. I'm thinking total Guido okay. style, like rings yeah. and medallions and okay. stuff. It, 90s. It just, yeah. 94. Okay. Maybe they had some diamond ring. I mean, yeah. I don't know. A grill. No, I don't know. No. Okay. <laughs> so then he kicks open the office door. He steals anywhere between 1500 to $2,000, which would have been the weekend take for both bars. Okay. Which doesn't seem like a lot. It doesn't seem like a lot, does it? For no. A, for a strip bar. Not yeah. for a titty bar. Sorry. Okay. Not a cash. I mean, but there's a lot of cash flowing in that place. From what I know of Panama City, Panama City Beach, it is a tourist industry. And October is probably not a big season for tourists. So Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so. And it's, yeah, who knows? Yeah. Which we discussed already because they were transferring dancers back and forth. Right. So maybe that was the reason why. Yeah. So maybe. anyway... So, anyway, so they took the $1,500 to $2,000 that was missing. Mm -hmm. Kicked up in the office door, and then they fled out the back door of the establishment. So, but Ramos wiped his fingerprints off the doorknob and everything. Correct, correct. Try to hide that he was there. Yeah. Um, Excuse me. Within, like, 30 minutes of that, the owner shows up to the establishment. And he, as he walks in... He finds the two bodies behind the main bar. And what is his name? Alan Johnson. Okay. All right. Alan Johnson is a prominent, I would say prominent figure. He's a well-known figure in Bay County, Florida. He was a former, grew up there, born, raised there, um, and was a former sheriff's deputy. Oh. Yes. Okay. He was actually um, an under, he was actually an informant before he became a sheriff's deputy then he was undercover and was one of the first undercover officers in Bay County. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. So I think that maybe. So, so that's how he got his ties to this this kind of I, I don't want to call it underworld, but it is it is uh, a world a night world that is not mainstream. How do you say it? Yeah, I mean it's, it's not, not offending people, but yeah, it's kind of an underworld, a seamy side of life. Right? It is. Okay. It is. So, um, and which I think later it kind of 
as to precedent to why this maybe was such an ur- ur- an urgency because this is a fellow officer. Yes. Whether he was still a police officer or not, he was at one time. Right. So he had ties to the community. Okay. Um. So. So he walks in, calls the finds the two bodies behind the main bar, which okay. is LaForge and Ayers. Okay. He calls the authorities. They immediately show up and they search the rest of the premises where they find McCall, um, McConnell and Lands. Okay. All right. So, so it, wherever they were, they were not out in the open, maybe. Right. Okay. So at this point, they start questioning the employees. They start calling people, questioning the employees, and they find out fairly quickly that there was a beef between... Ramos, Clark, and the general manager. Okay. So later that day, after Clark has destroyed some evidence, he dismantled the weapons. He dismantled the weapons. He buried the jewelry. Because they, they were trying to make it look like it was a robbery gone wrong. Okay. The clothing that both of them were wearing, them being Ramos and Clark. Uh-huh. I imagine if they shot 16 times, they yeah. probably had some blood splatter oh, on yeah. them. Okay. So they had to get rid of that clothing. So Clark burned it and buried it okay. in North Bay County. Oh, okay. All right. So after questioning employees, they started, they immediately kind of were on to Clark. So Clark gave it up quick. Okay. He was like, nah, uh, uh, probably crying like a baby, 21 years old, very little trouble. I think that like there was like a resisting arrest like the prior year. No, he was like, no, I'm not going down for this. Ramos did it. I give it. He did it. He did it. He did it all. What okay. me? Within, so it, Ramos dropped him off and he fled. He went back to Miami. He was like, peace out. So he drove. He drove back to Miami. Which is like a nine hour drive. And that's like with a quickness, okay. nine hour drive. Okay. Within 15 minutes of him getting to his new employer's house, he was arrested in the driveway. I mean, I could just see it now. It wasn't me. Yeah. I didn't do it. Or how did they find out so quickly? How did they get here so fast? Because yeah. Yahoo gave him up. So who arrested him? Miami police? Miami PD? No. Miami Vice? <laughs> no. Bay County Sheriff's Department. Drove down there. Okay. Or they fly? I know they flew back. Okay. They probably flew down. They probably flew down there. Because the police reports and the court records. So they were waiting for him when he arrived. They knew where Within 15 minutes, they knew. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was obviously, because they questioned probably the roommates who said we went to breakfast. And then they probably were actually there in Miami before he ever even got there. And they had already questioned... Maybe some of his friends down there. Yeah. Okay. So, they arrested him, and immediately he asked for a lawyer. So, they put him on this plane. He sat in the back seat, quiet as a mouse. And then they finally said, listen, it's going to be a hot minute before we can get you in a court-appointed attorney. Are you sure you don't want to make a statement? He said, you know what? I'm going to make a statement. Okay, that's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. I mean, you don't make a statement if you're being about to be interrogated for murder. You just don't. You keep your mouth Not shut. Not without a lawyer. No. No. Okay. I've watched enough, Yeah. you know, whodunit crime yeah. TV shows to know that. But 
I'm not a mastermind criminal, and he probably thought he was, and that he could... I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to blame it on this 21-year-old kid. Right, and that, you know, he's in the Air Force, so he probably, you know, has a, a good... I don't know. A reputation. Well, yeah. You know, and he I, I didn't how to get in hold trouble. himself upright. And, right. You know, yeah. And according to a newspaper article that they, at uh, the News Herald in Panama City, okay. um, did an interview with him while he was at the county jail. And he talked about how he was, I'm known as the cool guy. I don't lose my temper. I, um, I don't, this isn't me. And it wasn't me. It wasn't me. It of was course me. it wasn't me. And the police are going to find this. If the police do their job, they're going to discover that it, that I have nothing to hide and it wasn't me and I'm going to get off. I'm going to get scot-free. However, he did say, well, there are four people dead and someone's going to have to pay. So he, where he thought that if they did their job, he would be able to walk away, deep down, he said he, he, he knew he was going to do some time for this. Because he did admit that he shot Lance. Well, he went all the way up there knowing that he had a beef with someone. He went, I mean, to me, it's almost slightly premeditated because he said to the dancer before he left, I'm going up there, have a beef with someone. And then he had time to plan it out with his old roommate. I mean, they drove around for a while. They ate breakfast. Who knew what they were talking about? They had a plan Mm -hmm. when they went in. They had weapons when they went in. Exactly. And they had the other guy call the general manager in. So there, there was some know, premeditation there was some intent here. there, yes. Yes. Um, and the fact that they did try to set it up like it was a robbery. Yes. You know, was this a last-minute decision? Oh, let's take it. I don't think so. I think that this was a plan. Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So once he's taken, once he's in jail, he's brought back to Bay County, mm-hmm. right? He's mm-hmm. interrogated. They're both charged with first degree murder. Is that correct? Yes. So he, he and the Ramos and then the 21 year old Clark. Clark. Mm-hmm. Okay. They are both charged with four counts of first degree murder. Okay. Obviously one is testifying against the other. He did really? it. Okay. He did it. Okay. Yes. Because yes. Clark, I must have Lewis and Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Clark testified straight up right away. Okay. I hid the body. I did what I was told. I was scared. I was intimidated. So by he pled guy. not guilty to the four murders. So. Yes. Okay. As did As Ramos. Did Ramos. Other, okay. Aside from the fact that Ramos said that Shooting Tony Lands was in self-defense. Okay. All right. Um, yep, 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 yep. So they had the trials they at had, the same time, They right? had Yes, they had one trial, yet they had separate juries. They tried to separate the jury, tr- the trials, but the grand jury or whatever you call it, they said no. But they did have two separate juries. That is interesting. So yeah. they had one trial where two defendants were being tried. Together, but with two juries. But they each had their own jury. Yes. Okay. So deliberations for once final motions or whatever That's they call odd. it okay. ended, juries went to deliberate. It took, I think, six hours for Clark's jury to come back. Are you ready for this? 
Yes. No. Acquitted. What? On all counts. He was acquitted? Acquitted. Like, peace out. I'm out of here. Bye-bye. See you later. Wow. So he was... Oh, my gosh. Yep. Acquitted. Not guilty. And he was a local boy. So the jury was a local jury, and he's a local boy. Okay. I so mean... So what, what did they think about the Miami boy? What was the verdict that one? Well, he was found guilty of first-degree murder for Tony Land's. Okay, the guy that he thought had a gun who was but the guy shoot he thought, him. Yes. Okay. Not the guy he had a beef with, but the guy who he knew had a gun and then he shot him. Okay. All right. So he was found uh found guilty of second degree murder of Chris McConnell. So first degree, second degree, and then two man manslaughter charges of LaForge and Aaron because that was kind of, you know, wrong place, wrong time. We weren't really we didn't have a beef with them. We That's crazy. Gonna... That's crazy. Okay. Yes. So he was found guilty, mm-hmm. and the other guy walked scot-free. Yep. Okay. All right. So Ramos was sentenced to life on first-degree murder count and a lengthy concurrent ter- um, terms on the other three counts. Ramos's convictions and sentences were affirmed without opinion or direct appeal. However, later he did submit... A, um, an appeal stating that his attorney, what, is, what do they call it? Um, not inadequate counsel, but ineffective, oh. inefficient counsel. Because he's saying that his attorney did not dispute or, um, he didn't dispute the testimony of the medical examiner. Okay. Ramos is stating that the medical examiner wasn't qualified to be considered a forensic pathologist. So forensic pathologist, that's like somebody who goes and studies blood spatter or, you know, where the bullets, like the trajectory of the bullets. So she was testifying about the positions that the bodies were lying in. Okay. And somehow and how the bullets hit them. And he was saying she wasn't qualified for that. But the state of Florida said, yeah, we don't. Oh, so he's just grasping at straws anyway to get an appeal. Yeah. Obviously. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, this guy that was with me gets acquitted of everything. I'm going to try to go for an appeal. If it, if, it, if it had been me, I think I would have tried to go for an appeal. Well, yeah. I mean. But. But, you know, you also have to think that he drove, what, 14 hours or however long it takes from Miami to Panama City. Like, yeah. however fast you're driving. He's thinking about it all the way. And then when he gets to Panama City, did he just happen to drop into his old roommate? Or did his old roommate know he was coming? Exactly. So, you know, it, to me, he has more, he is more liable for it, maybe. Mm-hmm. The, the way that the defense and the prosecution, I think, really portrayed it was he was just a young kid who was just following Clark orders. Clark was just a young kid. Clark was a young kid following the orders of this older... Yeah, this Air Force, this guy who was in the Air Force mm-hmm. who probably has, you know, some sort of charisma or something. You, you would follow his... Some had, yeah. some ha- had some sort of power over yeah. him. Okay. Now, there's some other, other things that I found kind of um, interesting, uh, really more just sad. Okay. Was that it didn't take them very long... To figure out who these murder victims were or even who the murderers were. But there 
are some news articles mainly about the Ayers kid. Okay. The 18-year-old The 18-year-old, okay. yeah. His mom was actually a guidance counselor at one of the local high schools in Panama City. Okay. And later, after this, a few years later, she became one of the, she became mayor. Oh, wow. So his family is kind of prominent, and his dad was really high up with a bank that had been in Panama City for a really long time. So okay. they had a little bit of, I don't want to say power, but a little bit of say. So yeah. they were kind of on the news, and they were interviewing them. And come to find out, they found out that Aaron had been murdered on the 6 o'clock news. So that no one had called and said, oh, you know, we're here to inform you. Mm. Or knock on their door. They got no, they just heard it on the news. Right. So is that even legal? I didn't know that they could do that. Or just. I mean, you hear about it these days where they say names are being held until next of kin can be notified. But apparently the sheriff at that time had gotten on the news. And it was a big deal because it was the the largest murder investigation in nearly two decades. It was so sensational, right? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really sad that that's the way it was. And apparently, I mean, obviously, your parents are never going to be the same if if something like that happens to you. But, um, and actually, his mom, her name was Lauren DeGeorge, she died, like, last year, I think. Okay. And, or maybe a year before. She actually outlived two of her kids. Oh, my gosh. Because Aaron's younger brother passed away like a year before his mom. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. And also, um, in another turn of events, ironically, Alan Johnson, who was the owner of of the two establishments, was actually murdered himself. Oh, my God. 20 years. 20 years after finding those bodies in his place of business, he was actually murdered. So, he was kind of, I don't want to say semi-retired, uh-huh. but I guess he kind of was. Because the, um, a few years after the murders, the place actually caught fire. Okay. And it burned down. Oh, yeah. I read that. They had all these strippers running outside and naked and people were driving by. Driving by. Yeah. There's all these naked chicks on yeah. the highway. Yeah. <laughs> so, it burned down. It moved locations. There was some turmoil about whether they're going to be able to open back up or not. Um so anyway, Alan had this friend. Okay. He was kind of, he was troubled. You know, he was in some financial straight, dire straits, and he was an addict. Okay. Like a drug addict. Yeah. He was addicted to pain pills. Okay. So he called Alan. He was like, hey, man, I need to come over. Can you please help me out? And, and supposedly, Alan had already cut him off and said, listen, dude. I cannot contribute to your issues anymore. I'm only enabling you. Because he had given him money in the past. Yes. Okay. So, um, so he came over and he was like, I'll help you one last time. I'll help you out. And this is it. I'm done. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Unbeknownst to Alan, this Derek Thompson was wanted for questioning in a double homicide in Milton, Florida, which is right outside Pensacola. So it's still kind of in the Panhandle area. Okay. So was it the same day? Like this double homicide happened that day or? Like a couple days before. Okay. So he drove over to Alan's house. So he murdered a couple and then he drove over to Alan's house. Yeah, murder robbery. Okay. Okay. And he drove over to Alan's to get some money. Well, I guess Alan 
probably said, listen, dude, I said this was the last time, this is the last time. Well, his supposed friend ended up executing him. Like, so how did he kill him? He shot him. Okay. And um, later that day, his maid, Alan's maid, came over and found him. I read where it said his maid found him, but then I also read where the family came over because they couldn't get a hold of him. Um, because he apparently wasn't in very good health. You know, he just wasn't in good health. And, you know, talked to his sister or his whomever. His family, he was in regular contact with his family. Okay. And they found, they figured out pretty quickly that, who it was. Because Derek Thompson left his vehicle there. Oh. And then took Johnson, Alan Johnson's vehicle and fled. So he killed him, took his money. Yes. Took his truck. Mm-hmm. And before leaving Bay County, he bought a bunch of oxycodone, oh, which is okay. what his his favorite okay. choice was. And they caught up with him in Troy, Alabama, which is where he was from. And they arrested him. And, and they had heard that he was at this lake house and that he had uh, high, high-powered rifles. But I think he went without, without a lot of problems. So they arrested him quite easily yes there was no big fight there was no big fight no no he uh was found guilty he didn't plead guilty but he was found guilty of uh first degree murder three counts of first degree murder and robbery with a deadly weapon firearm bitch yeah yep 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 yeah so he is currently residing in the blackwater river correctional facility which is in milton florida after being found guilty on all three counts of first-degree murder and robbery with a deadly weapon, he will spend the rest of his life in prison without the possibility of parole. Wow. I mean, just to think that some of us never have to experience murder in our lives, and then Alan Johnson, you know, came across four murders in his place of business, mm-hmm. and then was involved with somebody who was a murderer mm-hmm. and eventually killed Alan. That's... And, and it, from what everything... The documents, newspaper articles. He was just trying to help his buddy. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sunny. That was very intriguing. Why, you are welcome. So, um, please make sure you subscribe to our podcast. Give us a rating and leave us a comment about your favorite murder. We'd love to hear what, what which murder intrigues you. And remember, and remember it, wasn't it wasn't me. me.